Hey girl, I hope you're doing well. I'm guessing if you're anything like me, your hair's in a messy bun, you're chugging down the third cup of coffee that's been warmed up seven times, and hopefully you're having fun amidst the craziness around you. Um, my name is Amanda Davison. I'm the founder of A Wife Like Me, and I just love that you're here. Thank you for being here. Oh, today is so fun. Okay, I hope you really enjoy this episode. <laughs> it's from our friend Michelle. Nader. If you have not met her, uh, you're going to love her. She's a counselor. She's hilarious. And she's just, she cuts to the core and she like tells us how it is. So today she's going to be talking to us about when our sex drives are different because all month long we're focused on unity. In the Wife Like Me Collective, we're diving into what that looks like, not only in marriage, but in every area of our lives. And this is a big part of that. So Michelle Nieder, she's a counselor, she is a blogger, she's a speaker, and you can find her at michellenieder.com, linking to her in the show notes. But let's listen to what she has to say about when our sex drives are different in marriage. Hi, today we're going to talk about a pretty difficult subject that I deal with in the marriage counseling office on a regular basis. And that is when a couple has two different sex drives. And actually, a lot of people feel like that this is always, especially it seems like in the Christian world, that the male has a high sex drive and the female generally has a lower sex drive. But I have not found that to be as true as things are changing in approaches to sexuality within the mind and also just the stresses that we deal with in the world. So I'm going to talk to you today about how to have a great sex life if you do have two different sex drives. But I want to start by talking about where our sex drive comes from. Then I want to talk about how we communicate about our sex drives, and then to talk a little bit about what influences our sex drives as well. So the first thing I want to talk about is where sex drives come from. And that in itself could be a full podcast episode or maybe even a season because our sex drives come from, first of all, our temperament and our natural energy level. So people in general who have higher energy levels have higher sex drives. So a lot of people in marriages personalize their partner's desire for them as having to do with them. But the majority of the time, it really has more to do with how high their sex drive is. So for example, you can have a high energy partner who is going to probably want sex more often because it does take energy and focus to have sex than a low energy partner who has less energy overall and therefore just like some other things in their lives that is going to be more draining for them. And that doesn't mean that they don't love their partner. And this might be something you might even share with your partner if you are the lower sex drive person because very often higher sex drive partners will personalize uh, the rejection as being about them and not just about the amount of energy it will take. Also, in general, extroverts have higher sex drives than introverts because extroverts like to do activities with other people and gain energy from that, where introverts like to do activities alone. 
and that particular episode regarding sex and one person being involved in the activity is definitely not one we're going to have time for today. So the next thing I want to talk about that influences our sex drive as well as our energy level is what we believe about sex and what we observed and were taught about sex, not only through our experiences, but also what we've read and what we think about it. And this is something I really work a lot with, with faith-based couples. Sometimes their parents, in order to encourage virginity and celibacy before marriage, have actually sent a negative message about sex that very much involves guilt and shame. And again, another episode in and of itself, but it's something I really want you to think about if you're struggling with your sex drive, or maybe your partner has a higher sex drive, is what do you both believe about sex? And one of the things I love to do as a marriage counselor is encourage couples to talk about sex outside of the bedroom and not around a time either one of them is trying to have sex so that they can learn some of these different belief systems that maybe both of them carry that are struggles or maybe positive strengths in their relationship. Because I think as important as it is for marriage therapy to focus on the problems, it's also important to reinforce the strengths. Another thing that influences our sex drive very greatly is how we feel about our bodies. And obviously, this can ebb and flow a lot in our relationships. So if I felt really great about my body then I might enjoy sex more because I wouldn't mind somebody seeing my body or touching my body. Then a lot of times I find for couples as they age and weight gain is a part of it, they may find themselves not feeling as sexy or thinking of themselves as sexual because of that. And you know what I forgot to warn y'all before we started, but I better do right now. This episode obviously is not one on a wife like me you want to listen to with the kids around because I'm going to go even to more details. So hopefully you saw the topic and realize that. I'm sure Amanda will warn you of that as well, but make sure this is for yours and maybe your partner's ears only. The next thing that influences our view of sex can be the level of traction that we're feeling towards our partner. So I don't want to dismiss that as not a component of sexuality in our sex lives, but I don't want to make that the overfocus because what we're taught in marriage therapy, which I think is really how we're taught by God to love, is we can either approach love by what we get or what we give. And I know if you've listened to other podcasts from this organization, you know it is better to be filled up by the love of God and confidence through an identity Christ and giving love. And really and truly, that's how we want to approach sex too. We're not looking for validation of our sexuality and how sexy we are from our partners or how loved we are from our partners through sex, but instead we're demonstrating the love that we already feel and experience in our own lives through sex. And so that's why sometimes there can even be tension in the marriage and still a decent sex life going on because people are able and some are better at compartmentalizing that than others. But that's something I encourage couples to work on is compartmentalizing their date nights and their sex life from just some of the normal everyday struggles. And sometimes it's easier to switch off our brains than others. It's something that a lot of us have to train ourselves to do. I know that a lot of couples have better sex in hotels than at home. And a lot of that has to do with the drain they feel of all the to-dos 
in the home. Maybe it's because they feel inhibited in the home around sex because children might hear or as they age, of course, they sometimes know what's going on and they, they don't feel like they can truly like vocally even express themselves for fear of being heard in that process. Also, our sex drives come from how we feel about our partner's body and the level of attraction we see to it, to him or her. Sorry about that. No, it's involved in this at all. And then also how we're feeling about our relationship with our partner. And this is where I think the idea of love covering a multitude of sins can be very helpful for our sex lives. If our partners have unrealistic or high standards to measure up to, we may not feel as attracted to them as if we are more realistic about that. I do think it's important for couples to connect on an emotional and verbal level, as well as a physical level. But I also think sometimes the reason we struggle with this is how, again, we view sex. Do we only view sex as a way to connect with our partner? Or might there be other ways that we view sex? In a secular book that lots of sex therapists use as part of their training, there's the idea of for each other. So maybe sex sometimes isn't just about connection. Maybe, and I bet one of you enjoys sex for just the simple reason of stress relief. And that is a part of a way that they they release stress. Our hearts race. We have hormones that flood our bodies during sex. And then we have muscular release that comes with certain sexual peaks and activities. And so that's very important that for a lot of partners to just experience that. Some people also find their sex lives as a way of just experiencing pleasure and even entertainment in a sense of just being together, having fun, being creative and things like that. So there's many different views of why we have sex. And most of us have gotten past the view that sex is just for procreation. Also, another thing that impacts our sex lives and our drives a lot is how stressed we are. And I think this is so important to address because we have men in our offices really struggling a lot of times with their own sex drives. And a lot of times that has direct correlation to how much stress they're experiencing in their vocational lives and also from just the demands of family life and trying to create balance there. So a lot of times when I have a higher sex drive female, she really will, especially if her body's changed, will personalize that her partner's rejecting her. But very often as we work with that partner on their anxiety and their stress level and their own self-care, they sometimes, whether it's the male or the female, begin to feel more sexual because we need to be relaxed in order to become sexual is what the research says. In fact, another sex theorist who's secular, who has written several books, David Schnarch, and was on like 2020 and a lot of things like that, talks about an exercise called hugging till relaxed. And so we hug until we feel that kind of the shoulder drop out of our bodies and it gives us a chance to relax. That's why a lot of times a hot bath or a hot shower will help before sex because it helps release muscular tension in the body that is caused by that. Learning to contain your brain and be able to able to focus through exercises like mindfulness can also help with our sexual activity. So I've already given you some great ways to cope with maybe having a better sex life by doing some of these things and maybe changing your views on some of these things. And there are both certified sex therapists, even in the Christian community specifically, that work on this area. Or if you're working with a counselor on this area, 
I would ask them, what is your experience in the area of sexuality and sex therapy training? Because a lot of us do have that training, but we definitely didn't learn it in grad school. I've taken many online courses, read many books, trained other certified sex therapists to have this knowledge. Something else we want to make sure we rule out during sex is any physical issues. So a lot of times when I work with a couple who's struggling with sex, your partner may not be rejecting you at all. A lot of times I will find that either the male or the female has low testosterone, and that definitely contributes hormones to our sense of wanting to have sex and our energy for it. And then also sometimes sex can involve pain or another physical issue. And both for males and females, sometimes a urologist needs to be involved or a urogynecologist. There are actually physical therapists that specialize in pelvic floor muscles and, and pelvic pain that can be really, really helpful when it comes to improving our sex lives. So how to communicate about sex. The most common way most couples I interact with communicate about sex is somebody makes an approach, whether it's direct or overt or covert, indirect, and the other person either turns towards them, turns away from them, kinds of ignores it, and even sometimes will turn against them, almost shaming them for approaching. And if that happens too much, and this goes back to Gottman's work, but it includes the sex relationship, then it's going to maybe even extinguish the higher sex drives persons from even approaching their partner. So what we want to get away from is that whole dynamic other than turning towards. So one way we do this in our office is we begin to ask couples during the day for a couple, week or two to just say on a scale of one to 10, how high is your sex? You know, you just say on a scale of one to 10, where are you? And nobody knows what you're talking about, but let's everybody listens to this podcast and they know you might be talking about your sex drives. So it's kind of funny when couples do this, they realize that the low sex drive partner has peaks in their own sex drive a lot of times, but it's not at the same time the high sex drive partner has peaks. Maybe one partner is not a late night person, but that other partner is an early morning person and their sex drive is higher at that time. Sometimes there are other things that influence sex drives as well. And so it's really important to look at that because then we get a sense of this isn't personal because we can start baselining one person's, we'll ask them to track it. One person's sex drive, another person's sex drive, and then we'll just have them just track it and then communicate about it to realize that maybe there is a time when the high, believe it or not, the high sex drive partner actually has a lower number than the low sex drive partner. And that can happen because of changes. Now that won't happen if the low sex drive partner is struggling with either their belief system, the way they feel about themselves, the way they view sex, or even their physical dynamics that go on. So I just want to say there's not always a miracle cure here, but sometimes there's more of a resolution to this or a quick fix than we even realize. In fact, I have one client whose husband recently wanted to write me a bigger check because we just worked on this sex drive idea. And also I gave her permission to see sex as being more than just about connection as the kids were leaving the house and they had a lot more freedom and their sex drive, their sexual relationship improved dramatically just because of her making some shifts in her belief system. That can also happen if we work with him on reducing his stress levels or her working on the stress levels and also not making it so much about um, rejection because that puts couples in what Gottman calls negative gridlock where they both can't get out of that situation. So I hope this was helpful to you to begin to think about sex drives instead of just 
your sex life, and also might encourage you to talk to your partner about how to begin to make changes in your sexual relationship by talking about that drive, not in the bedroom when one of you wants it or one of you might not want it and feel rejected, but instead to talk about it outside the bedroom and to really begin to explore what your sex beliefs are about sex, how you feel about your bodies. It's kind of vulnerable to talk about how you feel about your partner's body. Sometimes we encourage that to be done in the counseling office, but that can be a real stumbling block and a tough situation to deal with if we're not as attracted to our partner. And we like to think we're not superficial humans as Christians, but sometimes that can be a real struggle for faith-based people. In fact, I will make a confession that I've checked with my husband that it's okay to talk about. My husband during COVID grew his hair out and throughout our entire relationship, he has never had long hair. And I guess I just have a natural attraction to shorter haired males. And he kept it long for a long time, part because he wanted to be cheap and part, I think, because he likes his hair long. But I think he finally got tired of the long hair and probably also the fact that he knew his wife wasn't as attracted to him with the long hair. And so I can just tell you that our own relationship just took a major boost as he got a haircut, as silly as that sounds. And I tried to work my brain out of that situation, but that sometimes can take a long time to retrain and think about. Because as much as I looked at him during the day, I didn't feel, he just didn't look like the same person that I first fell in love with and was so attracted to. And that can happen to us. And if we own it, it is something we can work on. And I don't wanna say that we should make changes to ourselves because of our partner completely, but I think there is a place in marriage to honor your partner in such a way that if you can create some changes that make you more sexually attractive to your partner, sometimes it's a win-win situation for both of you. Sometimes it's something that has to be worked out or compromised or somebody has to retrain their brain in. Well, I hope you enjoyed this particular conversation and I really have just touched the surface of sex issues, but hopefully maybe you could take something away from this and maybe apply it to your relationship. And if you do try to have some conversations out of the bedroom and they blow up, then maybe it is time to get someone to help you. I do believe sometimes there are qualified coaches that can help you with this as well as counselors, but I think you really need to ask a lot of questions. You can become a coach in a weekend, and I just want to encourage you that if somebody is a coach, they should have training in this area that would be equivalent to a master's degree and some supervision and residency by a qualified professional helping them. Coaching just out of our own knowledge and experience is not always the wisest idea. Although I have met a coach recently who probably has done as much reading as research as I have on this specific subject. And that's where I think asking people about that and understanding their qualifications, whether they're a marriage counselor or they're a coach is super important. If you have any questions for me, I would love for you to contact me. You can do so by visiting my website, michelleneedert.com yourmentalhealthcoach.com, or you can find me on social media as well and send me a message through Facebook or through Messenger on Instagram. But if you do those things, please be patient. And if you don't hear from me, it might be a good idea to reach out using an email contact or the contact us form on my website. Also, when this gets posted, I will try my best to look for your questions and comments, and hopefully I can respond to you there as well. 
because I would love to do a follow-up podcast answering some of your questions about how to improve your sex life. Because here's an important part of sex life if you don't know this. Having sex with your partner is chemical bonding. In fact, for a wife, the same hormone that gets released during breastfeeding gets released when you orgasm. Yep, I said it on a podcast and a Christian one of that during sex. And so it's super important. It's called a toxin. And you want that to be released to create chemical bonding between you and your partner. In fact, sometimes that chemical bonding can sustain us through the dynamics of dis- and disagreements of everyday life. It can increase that positivity, just like it did in courtship, where your eyes dilated and your heart beat a little faster when you were around your partner. And if something's not working in your sex life, I do want to encourage you to get help. And there's one last thing I haven't talked about because it's very significant and I want to leave you with this. And that is if you experience childhood trauma or trauma at any time in your life regarding sex and you have not addressed that issue and you're struggling with your sex drive or your sex life, it might be time to take a look at that with an expert in that area to help what is in the darkness come into the light so God can create healing for you in that area and maybe some additional freedom that you never expected. I'm Michelle Niedert. I hope this was helpful to you, and I look forward to your questions. I feel like we need this, don't we? We need to be reminded that this really matters, that we need to be taking this seriously. The Maybe the disconnect that we have within marriage, the intimacy or lack thereof. And we need to dive in. We need to get maybe uncomfortable a little bit to bring back the deep connection that we were created to have within marriage. Again, it does not always have to be intercourse necessarily. It can be other things that give us pleasure and really bring closeness within our marriage. So thank you to Michelle. Thank you so much for listening. Again, you can find Michelle at michelleneedert.com. Oh, she's amazing. She's got books coming out like crazy. She's running her own counseling practice. She's just awesome. So find her, love her, and um, you'll hear from her more here on the A Wife Like Me podcast. And if you want to dive in more into unity with a community as we are going through scripture and going through courses and such great things, we are all over in the A Wife Like Me collective. You can go to collective.awifelikeme.com. We'll see you there and we'll be back next week. Have a good day.